welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul. My co-host, Justin Baker, and I just sitting back and watching all the signings happen throughout the NHL. Uh, I believe at this point we are we're at, what, like 120 signings, 241 contract years, and a total contract dollar amount of $721,325,000. A crazy free agent signing day. Not just because of the signings, but also just all the deals, everything that happened at the draft. Every, everything just feels like this has been a whirlwind of the last 10 days or so. And because of that, we are here to talk about all of it. So we're going to use the free agency uh, just to kind of frame our conversation. But we'll be jumping in and around the draft. We'll be jumping uh, back to the expansion draft a little bit and talking about Seattle. Uh, so much going on. Justin, I just want to get your just kind of your initial take on how you felt today as uh, several of these players were signing all over the NHL. I was quite surprised at the number of signings, to be quite honest. I mean, this is a flat cap year. It's supposed to be, you know, the time when GMs are saving money. We looked at Seattle, right? We we saw their expansion draft, and they only came out with, like, literally a million dollars over the, the floor as far as cap hit is concerned. And so you're thinking, okay, great. All these teams are budgeting. We saw some moves to move some money. And then what the frick? They come out, like, within an hour I, they've given away half a billion dollars worth of contracts, and I'm like, freaking, hey, I didn't, I don't even know where to start with with most of these. It's, it's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, we're, you know, we're, we'll start with Seattle then. Just because, I mean, they're the, they're our newest, our newest franchise. Obviously, they they did their expansion draft, and like you said, they they kind of maybe underwhelmed, but it was pretty obvious they were going to use their financial muscle or their cap muscle to uh to bring in some talent and that they did they go and they sign alex wenberg out of the florida panthers uh only a 26 years old the center uh he will slot somewhere probably on their on their second line who knows he could be their first line center though uh based on what they already have and uh then you and then Jaden schwartz comes in he signs for five and a half million for five years. And then I think the biggest ticket of them all. I mean, you're talking about a potential Vesna trophy winner, Philip Grubauer. And not only do they bring in a, a excellent goaltender, but they steal him away from the Colorado avalanche. Not that we were super sure he was going to resign there, especially after they finally get it done with, uh, with Landis cog. But, Stealing Grubauer away from Colorado, is it like Colorado's one one weakness now? I mean, maybe there's there's something else in the in the pipeline for Colorado, but uh I don't see where they're gonna get their goaltending from. Pavel Francouz? Yeah, no thank you. I'll pass. Um <laughs> I mean Actually Colorado's one of the few teams that hadn't that hasn't done anything today. Yeah, literally anything. I mean Look, Grubauer, he's a hes a Vesna finalist. We all knew that. He's tied for lead league, seven shutouts. He had phenomenal numbers this year. Comes in and signs with Seattle at a legit... I mean, it's a small number for a starting goaltender Vesna finalist at $5.9 million. And you look at a team like Colorado who, listen, we know Joe Sackick is a little tight when it comes to spending money. But, I mean... But, Maybe he's thinking long term about Nathan McKinnon saying, "Hey, guess what? This guy's going to need a contract extension next year, no, and clearly yeah. he's going to cost me ten to eleven million plus." 
So, and he hands out $9 million, no problem to kill McCarr, who, yes, you know what, the guy's a phenomenal defenseman, but, you know, he's only been in the league for a couple of years, and, I, I mean, shoot, you know what, Colorado waited so long on this, they couldn't get the deal done quickly enough to where literally every decent starting goaltender, Jonathan Bernier, um, gosh, Mrazic, I mean, you know, Braden yeah. Holpe, Mrazic, all the, Freddie Anderson, all these starters are all snagged up now. And there's really nothing left in the cupboards for for Colorado to go after. I mean, literally the only goaltender I can think of that maybe, you know, is of that, you know, Philip Grubauer cal- caliber or maybe better is Tuka Rask. But, you know, as far as I know, he's probably not returning back to Boston. I mean, they, they just went out and signed Linus Allmark, so he's not coming back. And, you know, Tuka Rask came out earlier this year and said, you know what, if I'm not playing in Boston, I'm probably going to retire. So... I don't know what Colorado's going to do now at this point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's going to have uh, to trade, I guess. Yeah, it's it's pretty remarkable. I mean, uh, the nine million for Kale McCarr, I have no problem with that. I mean, absolutely Fair. no problem. It's very very reasonable. Um, you look at what they locked up Landis Cog for seven million a year. Very reasonable as well. I I think he was probably hoping for something more in the eight million range. And they were hoping for something more in the six million range, and I think that his contract's good because you're like, ooh, you know that I probably like he maybe left some money on the table had he gone and signed somewhere else, uh, but the Avalanche definitely like he didn't give them a, a huge hometown discount or anything. Uh, I think that because of the way that he plays too, you know maybe that deal doesn't look as good later on, but. It's likely that if you really needed to, you know, when he's, uh, when he's what, like 30, 30, how long that was an eight year deal. So he'll be 30, he'll be 36, 36. Yeah. So at the end of that wow. deal, you're, you might be thinking, well, Landis Cog at 35, 36, he might be on LTIR and they're just paying him some money. So, uh, so in that sense, per year of actually playing. I think that that's kind of what they're looking at. It's it's very similar in my mind to the, the Zach Hyman deal that the Edmonton Oilers gave him seven years, five and a half million. And do I like, I think that if he had signed a, a three or a four year deal, which I think is probably a more reasonable length of time for a player like Hyman, who is, is generally playing injured because of the way he plays. Like the guy can play hurt. And he's and he's still good, uh, but he does have you know he has ailments that are going on and, and he has things that he's experienced in these playoff runs where at the end of it you're like oh you tore that oh okay uh, and you played through it all right but that's gonna catch up with you you know maybe not at 29 but maybe at 32 uh, and I'm thinking that the Oilers are are just you know they knew they couldn't afford to pay him seven million a year because I think. I think that that's probably what he would have been looking for had it been a three or a four year deal, but instead they just essentially are spreading it out over time, knowing that we'll stick you on LTIR. <laughs> that's got to be the, the thought process. Yeah, I, I can't imagine because listen, when I look at what they just gave Ryan Nugent Hopkins at five point one two five, and I look at Zach Hyman, I think okay, cool. I'd rather have you know Ryan Nugent Hopkins on my lineup any day of the week. I think. Uh, just because his versatility, you know, to play center or play on the wing. But, you know, with that said, Zach Hyman obviously brings a lot of intangibles that I think 
you know, hopefully, I think uh, Edmonton's crossing their fingers work out pretty well with Connor McDavid that they can they can mold pretty good and form some good chemistry there. And you know, obviously, I think Hyman's brought in to to create space for Connor McDavid. Not that he needs really that much space, anyways, with his speed and and puck handling. But uh, you know, hey, um, you know what? If, if I can say anything about Edmonton this week, um, you know, my favorite move for them is probably the Warren Fogle trade. Not to shift gears so quickly, but. Shift. Man, I, yeah, I, I like this kid. I like what he brings. He brings intangibles, kind of like Zach Hyman, where I think he brings a little bit of sandpaper, a little bit of jam. And uh, you know what? Hey, he's an RFA right now, twenty-five. Uh, he's still got some good years ahead of him, and I think hopefully he can fill in in that middle six pretty well. I think he's got a lot of potential to be a forty to fifty point guy. And um, you know what? They, I mean, they all oh, fifty points. Yeah, I mean, playing with the right guys certainly right. Yeah. yeah, you could slot up anywhere with, you know, Dreisaitl or maybe even, you know, Ryan Nugent Hopkins giving them options to, to move up and down. And so I, I like that move. But, you know, what I don't like, if we're, we're talking about Edmonton, uh, I'm looking all the way to Cody Cece, what he got. Um, not super thrilled with that signing, if I can be honest with you. Just to, just to shout yeah, out some numbers four here. four years at 325 a year, uh, that's, that's I, a price to pay for a fifth defenseman. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I mean, he looks better, or he looked better last year than what he did when, you know, his Ottawa days when we were just, I mean, I think we tore him apart. Well, and, uh, yeah, his our- one year in Toronto definitely wasn't anything to write home about. Right. He had a little bit yeah. better of a year in Pittsburgh. You're right. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, again, that's that's what he is. He's a third-line guy, but if you're paying, like you said, 3.25 a year for this guy, I mean – Boy, he better he better pay out real well because don't get me wrong, you you know you're gonna miss Os- Oscar Clefbaum on the back end there. He's gonna be sorely missed. You've got Evan Bouchard who maybe you know can grow a little bit and you know improve, but Tyson Berry they locked him down for a reasonable price at four point five, and they've got Duncan Keith, Darnell Nurse back there, so they've got a decent top three. But you know as far as rounding out ugh, Cody Cece, that that signing's going to probably look pretty bad here, I think, in a couple years, especially once they have to, you know, you give Darnell year. Nurse right next year when they got to give Darnell Nurse a fat extension because you know he's going to be looking at, you know, Seth Jones and Dougie Hamilton and say, well, those guys got that, and I'm supposed to be your number one, your your go to guy. So uh, fork over the cash here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, the Oilers. Uh, I'll give it to them. They they are a better team, I think, today. Than, than they were last season. I, I think at the at the end of you know of the, of the draft, the deals they made, the players that they've acquired, I think they're a better team. And uh, I, you know, I don't hate putting your barrels into the into the offensive basket. Like, hey, let's go and and let's get let's spend our money on the forward position because that's where we we have to have somebody who can complement. McDavid and Dreisaitl, and there just hasn't been that. And so, hey, Leon, let's just patch together def- the defense. And if that, you know, if that means we don't have as much money to spend on the defense, and we're gonna we're gonna throw all of our our eggs into the offensive basket, and that's kind of how I see that Zach Hyman deal. And uh, you know, it was of course gutsy with their buyouts and, and everything else. The the Oilers, in my mind, are a better team. However, however, I don't know that outside of like it's still going to come down to McDavid and Dreisaitl and last year in the playoffs I mean we saw the the playbook on how to shut them down in the playoffs the Jets 
put on a clinic. They couldn't yeah. do a thing. And you better believe that people are taking those clips, those tapes, and they are watching them over and over again anytime they're playing the Oilers because that was how you do it. And, you know, obviously on a, on a night-in, night-out, 82-game season, you're not going to be able to play the way the Jets did, balls out, and just who cares about tomorrow kind of kind of playing. But I, I think there was something to, to take from it. And, uh, and so I, I think that they have to have those players around them if they're not going to be so predictable. Yeah, and you know, before we get off the Edmonton Oiler horse here and stop killing them, but, I was never getting uh, off on the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh. I'm seriously concerned with not only their lack of cap space, but their goaltending situation really worries me. I mean, don't get me wrong, Mike Smith. Uh, it was a nice little renaissance last year. I enjoyed watching him play, come back basically, and say, "Screw you, I'm still a capable goaltender." And he went out and proved it. Uh, took back that starting position, but. You know, are you going to get the the Mike Smith of last year, or are you going to get the Mike Smith of the two previous years, where he was just mediocre and below average ish? You know, so yeah, probably that. Um, yeah, and so you know, Miko Koskinen, garbage in my opinion. So they have n- no one else in the in the pipeline besides Alex Stalock, and so they've got to address that some somehow. Um, you know, this offseason, I'm not sure how they're going to do it, uh, but they've got to move money out. I mean, get rid of that that Koskinen deal would be ideal. I mean, they've still got Yamamoto and like I said, Warren Fogle to get re-signed still. And so, uh, you know, maybe Zach Cassian gets moved out too to free up some space, but at this point they've, they've got some work to do still. Yes. Uh, shall we go to a couple of, uh, one big re-signing before we jump into the rest, because the Tampa Bay lightning have kind of been, uh, pillaged in a way <laughs> here <laughs> since they win the cup, they essentially have lost four of their six, bottom six forwards uh Blake Coleman and uh and and of course oh my goodness what's happening to me Yanni Gord taken in the expansion draft uh they they have also lost Tyler Johnson and now of course they give Braden Point this big contract extension eight years nine and a half million a year so he's paid the same amount as Nikita Kucherov and Vasilevsky uh, Stamkos making eight and a half. So now he's the poor man of the group. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning look like, like we're about to find out how well their drafting has been the last three years, as opposed to like, you know, everybody talks about Braden Point and Pala and Kalorn and Sorelli and, and Yanni Gord, like the players that they had drafted that now had become that core of players who who were able to fill in the rest of their lineup and be, I mean, playing above where they're playing in the lineup. Uh, now we're going to find out how good has their drafting been recently because there's there's no cap space, none, like absolutely none. They are at zero, and <laughs> they they don't have a whole lot going on. <laughs> down below they they didn't do a whole lot today and obviously there's you know everybody's really high on Matthew Joseph he is apparently going to be the savior of the of the Tampa Bay Lightning's bottom half because that's kind of what we've got going on and I guess Pierre Edward Belmar and Zach Zach Bogosian comes back to the Lightning so uh that's kind of that's kind of what we've got for the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, do you see a little more deconstruction of this team before we, before all, every, everything is said and done? Yeah, 
Um, maybe not this year, maybe not this summer, but I think at some point. Uh, luckily for the Lightning, I mean, Andre Palat's deal is up after this year, and I think it wouldn't shock me if he gets moved at some point this this offseason. Uh, again, this offseason. So you space. think that yeah, he might get dealt now? See, yeah, I, I don't know yeah. if I, I don't know if I see that because then you're just losing another player for nothing. He doesn't have anything beyond this year, so I don't think that he's going to go anywhere. I mean, unless you know they think they're not going to make the playoffs, but I, I think this is still a great team. They're still a playoff team. I don't think that they're going to trade Andre Pilat. I think that at the end of this offseason, they right now have three point four million dollars in cap space next year. <laughs> they have nothing. And and you're right. And Palat is a UFA, so that that's where that comes into play. Like next year, he's a UFA. They will have no money to re-sign him unless they get rid of someone like a McDonough, which you're not going to do that now. I, I mean, and then you got to pay Sergachev in a couple years. This is going to get interesting for the Lightning. Yeah, yeah, I I don't disagree with you. So I mean, look, they're going to get a couple couple million dollars in cap space this year just because once they put brent seabrook on ir that's going to free up some space uh and same with next year too right that 6.8 going on top of that 3.4 will create a little bit of wiggle room for them to sign some guys but again you're not going to have that opportunity to sign any big name top six guys right or top four defensemen at that point because um, you have to look down the road right mikhail sergachev next year he's going to be up for a contract extension um you know, so obviously he's he's looked very very good in a top role for them. So it wouldn't surprise me if he gets a, a few extra million bucks a year. But you know, with Andre Pallad, you got to ask yourself: Is this going to be a guy that you're going to re-sign? Is it going to be a guy that you're going to say, "Hey, you know what? We're going to ride it out. We make the playoffs. We we bring him with us, and then we lose him for nothing." Or do you want to move him now and get something in return that maybe you can parlay into you know a long-term player? I guess is is what I'm getting at. Because you mentioned draft picks, right? Don't forget the last couple seasons, the Tampa Bay Lightning have pretty much dealt off their first round draft picks to bring in talent so they could they could win, right? And it, it paid off. They got their cups and good for them. Uh, but now you're going to start to see the effects of that, right? You you talked about it, Matthew Joseph, Ross Colton. Uh, these guys have got to basically step up and fill in that gap that's going to be missed by guys like Yanni Gord and Tyler Johnson. Because I mean, don't get me wrong, Tyler Johnson way overpaid for what he does, but he's still a very very good third line player who brings a lot of speed, he brings penalty kill, and he's very versatile as far as playing center and on the wing. So, Yeah, if uh, Chicago convince, can convince Marc-Andre Fleury to come come and actually play there, they might have a decent team next year. Absolutely, yeah. So, uh, you know, with Seth Jones locked up, they gave him $9.5 million for eight years, so good on them now. Um, yeah, just like, you know, Braden Point, but obviously the difference in Florida is they don't have the, the taxes to deal with, so that, that number looks a little bit more skewed, but... Um, you know, longer term, again, we're going to maybe see the effects of, uh, you know, this, this salary cap crunch that Tampa Bay is going to be in down the road, uh, you know, especially when they have to start handing out some more uh, extensions and some, some more money to some guys. But Yeah, which, uh, I mean, this is the, the downside of a cap system is that it's really hard to stay good for a really long time because right. your good players are going to want their money and you either pay them or you don't and you just let them go and then – you know, then then you don't have them anymore. So, yeah. Uh, and do we get to a point in the next couple of years where they say, okay, Stephen Stamkos has got to go because we just oh, can't afford to have that eight and a half on the books? Yeah, I mean, he's he he has he's the most logical person to go. You know, like they've won their two cups, they're going to get another run here, and I think that 
we'll see what his season looks like. Of course, you know, if he goes and rattles off 60 plus points, you know, nobody's going to say they need to trade him because he's putting up 60 plus points. Uh, it's just a matter of can he stay healthy? Can he stay productive? And I, I think at some point in that contract, which, you know, there's always the chance as a guy nears the end of his big, like, prime deal that, you know, maybe that number doesn't look as good anymore. And, and I, I think that it, there's still a chance that it'll, it'll look good here, but uh, yeah, Steven yeah. Stamkos is the most logical person to get dealt. Cause he's the oldest of the crew. Yeah. Uh, speaking of teams that are up against the cap now, uh, the Vegas golden Knights have made some pretty interesting moves here. Uh, they go and they acquire, Evgeny Dadanov for Nick Holden and a third round pick from the Ottawa Senators. And so they bring in a pretty lethal winger uh, to kind of complement what, what they have going on here. I mean, this is a team that has decided that centers be damned. We are just going to get every good winger we can and they'll make the center better. Yeah. It's it's almost like that's what they're. I mean, they've got William Carlson, and they did go out and sign Yanmark, who can play center. He also plays the wing, and uh, then you're you know you got Chandler Stevenson, who was their their top center at, at many points here uh, last year. So the Vegas Golden Knights just hey, there's no centers available. Well, what are you going to do? Well, go out and just find really talented wingers, and they'll get the job done. I I really like this move with Evgeny Dadanov. I was also very surprised that they were able to re-sign Alec Martinez to a three-year uh, 5.25 AAV, and that kind of shores up their defense. Like that, that seals the deal for them. We know who their top top four defensemen are, and it's uh it's it's shaping up to look pretty good for them. I thought that they would probably lose Alec Martinez. And suddenly their back end would not look quite as effective. And here we are. Martinez stays a, a golden knight. Yeah, yeah. Love the signing. I think it worked out pretty well. And I'm glad they didn't give him any more than three years. Because to me, I'm, I was just looking at him and I'm saying, you know what? He's getting old. He, the way he plays the game, I think, you know, any more than three years would have me worried. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Especially but, at age. I mean, at 33. You're not going to give a guy yeah. a five-year deal at 33. Not unless right. he's Ale- uh, not unless he's Alex Ovechkin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, now, as far as, you know, again, the center position is concerned, it's funny. Uh, you know, Kelly McCrennan came out and he basically said, uh, I, I don't know the quote exactly, but he said, you know what? Hey, everybody outside external of our team has been saying we got a center, a centerman problem. But, you know, internally, we don't feel that way. Um, so, again, I sounds I like a really good story. salesperson. Right. <laughs> I mean, hey, don't get me wrong. I, I like that they brought in Nolan Patrick. That was a you know, a low risk, high reward move that I think he can pay off if he can somehow find his form. Absolutely. Stay healthy. Yeah, a great move. Yeah. Then, so maybe he might work out and be their number one center long term. Who knows? Plus, I think um, that if, you know, when Nolan Patrick first came into the NHL when he was drafted, I, I think that if you were to say, hey, you know, we want Nolan Patrick, probably a player that, you know, we'd love him to become would be like a Mark Stone style player at the center position. Yeah. You know, that, I, I mean, I mean, what a, what a great player to have alongside of him to teach him, you know, how to play this, this defensive game. And, and, you know, Mark Stone, it took him, it took him a minute to, to be 
this player in the NHL that everyone looked at as a star. You know, he, early on in his career, he he kind of flew under the radar a little bit. I think that's just because he was in Ottawa, but um, he also bounced around between the pros and the minors, and uh, then he had his, his big coming out season faster than what Nolan Patrick has had. But, you know, maybe there's uh, there's some veteran leadership in that locker room that can uh, can get Nolan Patrick going. I think it just... It just wasn't working in Philadelphia. That was pretty clear. Nothing yeah, nothing yeah. was. I mean, Philadelphia has come out and said that their issue, they, they didn't have good chemistry in their locker room. And that's why they've they've gone out and made some big changes. Of course, they trade Voracek for Cam Atkinson. And uh, I, I think that this is... You know, this this is a, a good move for for Nolan Patrick to be able to come and uh, be a part of a team that just they don't really know much more much else than winning at this point. In yeah, this team. that's <laughs> I mean that's very true. And so we'll see if they can do it now without their uh, their franchise draft pick. You know, Mark Andre Fleury. Uh, I feel kind of bad the way he had to go out, and so he's obviously going to consider if he wants to continue his career in Chicago. Uh, like you mentioned, hopefully Chicago can sell them on it because I think they're going to be very competitive this year. Well, at the um, end, I, yeah, that that was just disappointing that you trade the guy who was the face of your franchise and yeah. you don't even tell him. Right. What? I mean, I know they, they quote-unquote had their phone calls about it, the possibility, but when you got to find out that the deal's actually done on Twitter, I mean, yes, it you yeah. know, this world, the you know, the insiders, they get stuff out pretty quick, but, I mean, still, it – you could have called the guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you definitely should have called. Like, if that's the way that the world is, is that, hey, as soon as we make this official or even before an insider is going to find out, well, then you should be telling the guy, like, hey, get Mark on the phone now. Tell him he's about to be dealt. Right. Before it ever happens. Like, just crazy to, to find that out on Twitter is is brutal. And, and honestly, I'm surprised that Chicago was like, yeah, hey, uh, we, yeah, you don't don't worry about telling him. <laughs> we don't want to talk to him or anything before we before we deal for him. Or was Vegas just like, nah, you don't get to talk to him? <laughs> I, who knows how that conversation went? I wish I could have been a fly on the wall. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to find that out. Uh, now, speaking of maybe the biggest splash of the day, the New Jersey Devils kind of come out of freaking nowhere and sign Dougie Hamilton to a nine million dollar a year contract over seven years he gets 63 million bones and the new jersey devils sign probably the most coveted free agent defenseman out there yeah that's that's real shocking i mean they made they made some good moves today and i'm i'm kind of guessing that you know they were probably the only team that really came out and said we'll give you that kind of term in cash i think don't get me wrong dougie hamilton's a tremendous right-handed offensive-minded defenseman but maybe you know other teams were like no we're not really willing to take that risk we want to you know play it a little bit more cautious and maybe go you know four or five years at that kind of money who knows right um but maybe he i mean maybe the brass and in, in new jersey was like hey you know what the first year or two might be a little rough but you know what we've got we've got a a, a number one caliber goaltender mackenzie blackwood you know, we've got PK coming off the books here after this year, so we're going to have cap space to spend next year again, too. And then we've got these freaking amazing centers in Nico Heischer and Jack Hughes that are going to be superstars, are going to be like an ultimate number one-two pairing uh, down the middle. So maybe there's, you know, a bright spot there for this team in the future that they sold Dougie Hamilton on. Hey, uh, I mean, 
yeah, obviously Dougie Hamill and he's, he's, I mean, he's not going to go sign somewhere where they're not saying, yeah, of course we're going to like give you the reins of the power play. Like he, you know, he's, he's going to get every opportunity to put up some fat numbers. Uh, oh, for sure. I, you know, the one team made a signing today. Actually, I'll, I'll say the Dallas stars as a whole, uh, they, they made some nice splashes. They, they get Ryan Suter at four years, 14.6 million. So a three, six, five cap hit for Ryan Suter, which is fantastic. Uh, of course he's getting paid on top of that too, from the Minnesota wild. Right. Uh, they get your boy, Luke Glendening, who, uh, Jim Nil, I believe when he was in Detroit, my guess is that he helped to, uh, to bring Glendening to Detroit when he was drafted. I think I want to say, Oh no, he was undrafted. Uh, yeah. but, Born in born in Grand Rapids, obviously signed his first contract with Detroit in 2013. Uh, so Jim Nill w- wouldn't have been there yet. I don't. I don't well, he remember. was around. Yeah, in 2013, he was, he was. Yeah, yeah. So a little connection there. Uh, and then, of course, Braden Holtby, after being bought out by the Vancouver Canucks, signs with the Dallas Stars, and this is the move that has me. I'll say scratching my head. In some ways, but also, uh, you know, you've got Ben Bishop, Anton Kudobin, Braden Holtby. Um, all those players could be injured at the exact same time. <laughs> like, they're, it's hard to believe that Braden Holtby's only 31 years old because the way that he's uh, bounced around the last couple years and the way that he's talked about is like, oh, Holtby, so old, so worn down, and he's only 31. Meanwhile, Ben Bishop's 34, Kudobin's 35. Uh, this is a weird three-headed monster. Do you think one of these guys get dealt? Uh, yeah, and but it's just a matter of when, right? Because I think, uh, from what I understand, Ben Bishop's going to start the year on LTIR, um, which is I think part of the reason they wanted Braden Holtby, because who knows with Kudobin what what you know what his injury status is is at. I, I guess he's healthy from what I understand, so he's probably going to start the season, but. You've got this other goaltender that they were expecting to be the long-term, you know, successor to their their net issues, and Jake Ottenberg, uh, Ottinger, sorry, um, you know, who had a pretty decent year last year, twenty-nine games, nine nine eleven save percentage. I thought I thought he looked good as you know a one B to to Kudobin's one you know one A whatever you want to call it. Yeah, especially I mean um, he's a first round pick in twenty seventeen. You know, you you got to think that uh, you're you're drooling over the idea of your first round pick goaltender turning into your actual goaltender. Right. Like, that's the dream. <laughs> Be like yeah, everybody, everyone know. that drafts a goalie in the first round is taking a huge risk because you're risking a first round pick on a goalie. So you really need it to work. So yeah, I'm surprised that uh, this is what we're left with. I mean, three goaltenders ahead of him as well. I, I got to think that someone might be on the move and maybe, you know, you're in conversation with Colorado going, Hey, and, and, and you're right. Maybe it's once everyone's healthy, but if you know that you have Ottinger, then, you know, what are you waiting for? Right. I, I don't, I don't get the hold up here. I mean, maybe, you know, they, they decided, you know, Hey, let's, let's bring in Holpe. He's, he's a guy we think we can rehabilitate, right? Because, they play a very good defensive game, and I think it might work out well for Holpe there. But at the same time, maybe they're looking at the goaltending market and just saying, hey, we're just going to go ahead 
and grab us one anyways because we know teams are going to be desperate after a while and they'll overpay for somebody. So now you look at a team like, for example, Colorado, right? They couldn't get Grubauer signed. Like Colorado so couldn't have gone out and said, hey, Braden Holby, we'll give you 2.1. Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe they weren't. Maybe they weren't even looking at Hopi, right? Maybe they didn't even call him yet at that point. Maybe they they were so sure of themselves that they were going to get Grubauer resigned that they didn't even bother calling anybody else. I mean, I doubt that, but um, you know, maybe Hopi wasn't on their radar, and so you know, they decided to go up and snag him for for relatively cheap. And so maybe they're looking at Colorado now and be like, hey, we got Kudov in here. Why don't you dangle us a couple second rounders or something? And uh, you know, we'll we'll give them to you. Yeah, so, yeah, gives them know. gives them the ability to move their other players. Uh, are, were there any other teams that you you looked at today and loved what they did, or or maybe hated what they did? Yeah, you know what? I actually, uh, L.A. for me was a big one that I really loved what they did. Um, I loved the Alexander Edler move. I thought that was that was really smart. They get him at three point five. He's still. He's still got wheels. He's still got some offensive ability left in him. And so, you know, you don't need him to really play defense because you've got some of these other defensemen like Sean Walker and Matt Roy who can maybe fill that gap as far as that's concerned for you. Um, but my, my, I really love the signing of Philip Deneau. I'll just come out and say it. $5.5 million I think is a steal for this guy. I was expecting him to get closer to maybe $6.5 million the way he plays the two-way game. Um, I actually thought he would have been a perfect fit in Vegas to play on a line with Matt Stone. Those two defensive-minded players together would have just destroyed, I think, other people's you know top lines. Um, it, it's, fun, it's funny. It's funny because I think that 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 deal is going to come back to bite them. Uh, I, I, I it wouldn't surprise me if in the last couple years of that deal, yes, it doesn't work I, out so I mean, well. But I think at five I, and a half, I I struggle paying a guy that much money for somebody who's scored twenty-seven goals in the last three years combined. I mean, yeah, we're, ta- we're talking analytics, over 200 games. He's scored 27 goals. Yeah, but he's, 30, he's a 50-point. Yeah, well, he's, I'm, I'm not expecting him to score goals, right? I think they brought in Victor Arvidsson to play on that second line to generate some offense as far as goal scoring concern. They've got, uh, you know, some. they're bringing back, a, uh, you know, Anthony Sayo on a one-year deal. So he's got, you know, an opportunity to prove himself that maybe he can get close, you know, get back close to that 30-goal pace that he had a few years back. Um, I, I mean, obviously I don't think he's going to hit 30 goals, but you know, he could put up 20 goals again in that middle six there. Uh, but again, Philip to I love the signing because I think right now, at least for the next three, four years, you give a great opportunity for a guy, um, by the name of Quentin Byfield, Byfield to really develop, right? You don't have to rush him in and say, you, ha- we need you at number, you know, the number two center spot right now, because we lost Jeff Carter last year to a trade. So now they get an opportunity for him to develop to really blossom correctly, and you don't have to rush him in. And that, okay, I can, I can I give you that. that. I can give you that. That that signing Deneau gives you time for Byfield to develop at the center position, rather than feeling like you yes. have to throw him on the wing to get him more time. I I can I can get on board with that. Uh, and and of course, there's nothing stopping you from moving Deneau later on. Uh, and I guess if you think you're going to be good within the next three years, then Deneau w- won't be a bad third-line center to have for the playoffs. Uh, I just wonder the way that he plays, if you know how how good he can be for how long. Uh, and I know he had a great playoff, but people have been people kind of just started talking about him in this way in these playoffs. 
and and that's kind of what makes makes me a little worried you know I, I and I know he's put he's put up a 53 point season uh you know in the shortened season last year or two years ago he would have had over 50 points uh he was on pace for eh, somewhere around 35 40 points in 2021 but in, in 22 playoff games you know you he's got one goal uh, it's just a lot to pay to somebody who doesn't score. Sure. No, I I, I understand this sentiment there for sure. Yeah. Not that uh, not that LA is is worried about winning cups or anything anytime <laughs> soon. So you know maybe and and you know is this the Alex is this uh, Alex Edler signing there? Is this is this him just kind of giving up? <laughs> like well, giving up. they'll pay me the most money, so I'll go to LA and get to live in the sunny LA and. And uh, I don't want to be in Vancouver anymore. Like he probably could have found his way in Vancouver if he was willing to take a a one year two mil kind of deal, but he obviously wasn't. Wants to get paid, and I can't bash him for getting paid. But you're signing in yeah. L.A. L.A. is not going to be good. Uh, in my mind, Alex Edler he doesn't really care about playing for a, that good of a team. He just wants to get paid. Well, sure, I will what say it looks this. like to me. Oh boy! All right, let's move on. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Any other teams that you really liked what they did? Uh, how about the Carolina uh, Hurricanes? Yeah, I would love to talk about the the goaltending swap there, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, shoot. out goes Mrazek, out goes Nedeljkovic, and in comes Freddie Anderson and Antti Ranta, and basically Freddie Anderson traded for Peter Mrazek because <laughs> Mrazek's going to Toronto, uh, signing for uh, a million less a year than Anderson, which I think is probably about right. Uh, but Auntie Ranta, two years, two mil per year is, uh, has the potential to be a spicy deal because if he can stay healthy, he is very good. And he doesn't yeah. have a lot of, he doesn't have a lot of, of playing time under his belt. So yes, he's 32 years old, but he's also only played in 198 NHL games. So yeah, it's, it's I, not like he's it's not like he's been playing for fifteen years now. No, I love the fact that they got both these guys in, and you're paying a one A and one B combo. I mean, either one of these guys could potentially you know play thirty forty games, no problem. And so six and a half million dollars for both these guys is basically going to be you know peanuts for the next couple of years. It's it's a great value as far as goaltending goes. But the bigger concern I have for Carolina is if you're willing to give Freddie Anderson $4.5 million, and granted, he has a much larger sample size, why were you not willing to give Nedeljkovic $3.5 million, which is what I understand he wanted in Carolina but got three in Detroit, uh, why were you not willing to give him $3.5 million a season to be your potential future goaltender for the next you know, 10 years? Like, Why did you need to go this route to where it even got to where now you got to pay a little bit more to get a starting goaltender in here? Well, maybe they saw something in his game that they, well, they were, I mean, yeah, maybe they, were they willing to pay him three or he was willing, uh, they were willing to pay him three and he wanted three and a half. So they traded him just because maybe, maybe it was their like line in the sand and they said, fine, have fun in Detroit. You don't want to play for a good team. Go ahead. I mean, they're, they're definitely, uh, you know, tight as far as money is concerned. They definitely watch their budget. Well, so, and, I and mean, maybe I mean, that was it. You look at what they're doing with the goaltending position. They're, I think they're, they're kind of going, hey, we, we've gotten this done by committee. Uh, we're a good team. It's not like they lost because of their goaltending. Uh, I, I think that I, I appreciate what they're doing. I mean, unless you have a bona fide all star 
goaltender, there's no reason to overpay for a goalie. Not at all. Uh, so, so I like, I like what they're doing. Um, yeah, every, I mean, I also like Anthony D'Angelo coming to Carolina after leaving the Rangers and, and I know things weren't great there, but I think that he will find a home in Carolina. He's going to replace Dougie Hamilton on the right side. And who knows, who knows what he, uh, what he can be turned into by Rod Brindamore. Hopefully, uh, that relationship is, is, it goes better than the Rangers did. Yeah, I certainly hope so. And I mean, yes, if there's a team that has the personnel management wise to really, you know, fix a broken and, you know, a, a character guy, um, you know, Carolina would, would be a team to do it. They've got, they've got great upper management. They've got, you know, like you said, Rod Brendamore, great coaching. Uh, he doesn't take, you know, shit from anybody. So, um, you know, I mean, he's, he's much bigger than most of the guys on the team anyway. So he frightens well, me true. just from that aspect. So, um, but you know what? They've also don't have, they don't have to play Tony D'Angelo either, right? They've got a load of defensemen, Ian Cole, Ethan Bear, you know, are going to fill out, you know, the, that bottom pairing there. So they've got guys to play. And so, you know, who knows uh, if, you know, how much ice time he's actually going to see. Maybe they're, maybe they signed him on and said, Hey, you know what? We're going to start you off in the minors. You got to prove it to us. You got to show us that you want this. We want to see, you know, good results as far as, you know, off ice antics are concerned. And, um, you know, maybe it pans out, but, um, you know, we'll see still as far as Carolina is concerned. Um, you know, I don't mind the goaltending signings. I think it could really work out very, very well as far as anti rotten is concerned. Uh, now when you look at Toronto, uh, Peter Morazic, I, I love the signing. I think he's going to be, you know, a very, very good goaltender for Toronto. As long as he stays healthy, yeah. he's going to put up some decent numbers. And he always, the great thing about Morazic and you always watch whenever there's a big game, right. And the, the, the games on the the series is on the line. He's a guy who has stepped up in the past and has always shown that ability not to flinch under pressure. Uh, again, as long as he stays healthy, and so I think come playoff time that could that could really work out in Toronto's you know benefit for that. Yeah, I, th- I mean between him and Jack Campbell, I think that's a it's a really nice one A one B, and they'll likely ride whoever plays better during the season into the playoffs. Uh, yep. I know that I know that uh, Sheldon Keefe loves him some Jack Campbell, but I think Peter Morazic, uh, is has matured very much so as a goaltender. Um, and, you know, hey, if you have Morazic and then you go and you, you re-sign Jack Campbell to a two or three more years after this one, um, he could sign an extension anytime or just wait till the offseason. I think that they'd be in a good a good position for, for a couple years with both of those guys, and you wouldn't have to pay a whole lot, which, based on the rest of the structure of the Leafs, they're going to have to go cheap on their goaltending and, uh, and look for those value deals. I, I also like what they did this off season compared to last off season where, you know, they've, they've kind of last year they did the, like the big names, the Joe Thornton and, and Wayne Simmons, and obviously bringing back Jason Spezza, which Spezza kind of in a league of his own in terms of, uh, those veteran signings because he actually did play really well. Uh, but this year, and this offseason, the Leafs go out. They sign Michael Bunting, Curtis Gabriel, and David Camp. And I, I like that they're bringing in some depth from younger younger players who who they know can play the way that they they want them to play. Uh, I think that it's it's more akin to trying to create that that somewhere in the the third and fourth lines with some energy and players who yeah they're they're mature enough you know they're. They're 25, 26, 28, but 
They aren't these super overage veterans who, yeah, they're looking, they're looking for their cup. And so they're coming to Toronto to win their cup. No, these, these guys are, are still midway through their career and they're, they're looking to do something and, and maybe get paid again. And so I think there's a different mindset when you're some of these younger guys, mid, you know, mid age players who maybe haven't been given certain opportunities on other teams. And now they come to Toronto and, and want to see what they can do. So I, I like what, what Dubas did bringing in those three guys today. Yeah. And I really like the, uh, the PTO they gave, uh, Hosang yes, as well. Hosang, I think that yeah. could, that could work out pretty good for Toronto. I mean, it's a low risk, high reward type of move where you could find a guy that could, you know, fit in with your middle six if you want to, and really can move up and down that, you know, second and third line and give you some, some options, right. If, you know, he works out well in camp and really shows that he, he wants to be back in the NHL again. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there was one, a cup one, one was particularly one move by the San Jose sharks that I, that left me a little scratch in my head, maybe two, uh, <laughs> Andrew Cogliano signing there one year, one mil. Uh, I think that he's likely to be a player traded at the deadline, but it, it, it is kind of a, I guess a roster filling type of move, but then Nick Benino two years, 4.1 mil. So a two, basically a $2 million cap hit. Uh, thought that that, that signing was interesting for Nick Benino, a guy who's he, he's been in some champion on some championship teams and had the opportunity to, uh, you know, probably sign with some good teams. I got to imagine that there were some high end teams that would have been willing to pay Nick Benino $2 million a year, maybe only for one year. I'm sure he was, he wanted that too, but, uh, to go to the San Jose sharks instead is an interesting option in my opinion. Uh, yeah. And this, the sharks team I think is kind of showing some signs of like, yeah, let's, we're going to go in and fill in some pieces, but like, are they really going to be any good? Probably not with James Reimer as their goalie. <laughs> well, so here's here's my thought on that is, you know, maybe the Sharks sold them on the fact that they say, hey, you know what? The last last year, you know, year and a half, two years is fluke. You know, we're still a quality team. We still got guys that were making championship runs here a few years ago for us. And so, um, you know, we think between Aiden Hill and James Reimer, they can, you know, I, I feel like that's going to be a much better combination in that for them than it was with Martin Jones in there for sure. So, yeah, well, um, I mean, yeah, at least they bought out Martin Jones, who who subsequently signs with the Philadelphia Flyers. Right. Yeah. So, um, which, which, well, by the way, the would... Philadelphia Flyers sneaking in Keith Yandel one year, 900K. Yeah. That'll be a nice, that's nice, little, look nice. nice. And, and you know, if Philadelphia yeah. isn't in the playoffs, they might be able to get. Like a, a second round pick for Keith Handel at the deadline. Yeah, uh, he's going to be that great third, you know, third line uh, defenseman who quarterbacks your power play and yep. just sneakily brings you some offense. But yep. um, you know what? As far as San Jose is concerned, you know what? Nick Benito maybe saw an opportunity there to get more ice time than maybe some of the other teams that he was uh, being offered because we know obviously Logan Couture and you know he's pretty much it down the middle. And then uh, after that, you know, really, there's no for sure number two center maybe. Tomas Hurdle, maybe throw him at the center position, but you know maybe Nick Benino was was sold on the fact that said, hey, you know what, we want to move Hurdle back to the wing. We'll have you play the number two spot. You know maybe give you some more ice time. Uh, you know, and who knows? Maybe you know getting to play with Eric Carlson or Brent Burns was you know maybe on the top of his list. I don't know, um, but 
you know, I imagine, like you said, I don't think there were probably many teams willing to give him a couple of years. And so that's why he probably signed. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's it. Exactly. Uh, okay. Uh, maybe last, last one, unless you've got a whole bunch more in your, uh, in your backpack. I mean, we could talk, there's 120 signings we could talk all day, uh, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I would like to touch on just the Calgary flames for a minute. They signed Blake Coleman, one of the first signings of the day to a, a deal worth four point nine million a season. I believe it was a five six year deal. Uh twenty nine point four million dollars going to Blake Coleman. Good for him. Uh that's what winning two Stanley Cups in a row will do for you. Uh playing on that third line with uh oh with Barkley Goodrow and Yanni Gord. And now he gets to go to Calgary. And I I like this move because Calgary needed an a uh, kind of just some fresh blood to come in and play in their top six. So I like that. Something I, I might like even more, though, is them signing Trevor Lewis to a, just a one-year 800K. And I think what he could do for their bottom six is uh, is akin to what Blake Coleman can maybe do to their their top six, is just kind of inject some life. And while I don't love paying Blake Coleman for the next six years, uh, it maybe was the necessary evil. Like, if you really think that this Flames team just kind of had a crap year and they could do something, uh, especially after bringing in Markstrom last off season. You know, you've got Johnny Goudreau, who's a UFA, Matthew Kachuk's an RFA. Like things are going to start to adjust here in Calgary. And this signing, it kind of protects you for the future. He can score goals uh, if Goudreau left, uh, or if they end up, you know, dealing him at the deadline if they're not in a position. But also, maybe it's a way to go. Hey, Johnny, you know, I know it's been it's been a little rough lately, but. We're going to give you better people to play with. How about that? Yeah, you know what? I mean, I don't, I don't hate the signing, and I, I love, you know, what Coleman brings to the table. I think he's got a lot of jam, and he can fill in really good in a middle six uh, role. But as far as term and cap hit is concerned, I think he's a little overpaid for my liking. I would have probably liked it closer to four. Um, but again, that's kind of maybe where the market was because he was a guy that a lot of teams were after, and I know he was getting a lot of interest. Just because, again, when you watched him in these last two playoff runs with Tampa, I mean, he's a spark plug and someone that you want on your, you know, your middle six to inject some life and to, you know, provide some offense when, you know, your your top guys are being shut down. But for me, I think you're going to look at the end of this contract the last few years and say, oh, man, this is this is a little rough. This might might hurt us a little bit. But um, all in all, though, I think, you know what, to get a guy like that locked up, they're going to have to do it. And so hopefully we don't see a reminiscence of uh 2016 i'm seeing a lot of a lot of deals here where uh you know maybe a little bit more term than maybe i would have liked but um hey yeah, you know what? Team, teams are, are shooting out that term because the aav they can't they can't do the aav right now right exactly so hopefully it doesn't come back to bite them but obviously i think you know again blake coleman's gonna add a lot of a lot of jam to this team i, I like his game and so hopefully it works out well but uh it could all come crumbling down anyways if monahan and goudreau just say see you later in the next two seasons and that's it. And then, then you're, then you're basically rewriting the ship again and having to reload and start from scratch because you just lost your number one center and top scorer. So exactly. Um, okay. I have, a, I have one question to you before we, before we uh, quit here, who finishes last next year, the Buffalo Sabres, Arizona coyotes or the Anaheim ducks. Who do you have? Well, I'm going to go ahead and get rid of Anaheim. I think they, they finish much better than last um, but for me personally, I'm going to say Buffalo, um, because I do think at some point this off season before training camp, 
I think Jack Eichel gets dealt. You know, again, it's it's not a matter of if he gets dealt. It's just a matter of when, in my opinion. And when you lose your top center and, you know, not only that, but then they lost other pieces like Sam Reinhardt this offseason. Yes, they, they brought in Will Butcher on a trade uh, from New Jersey, which, you know, again, was just a move so they could have cap room to sign Dougie Hamilton. But, right. um, you know, outside of Rasmus Dahlin, there's not much there as far as defense is concerned. Um, you know, Ristolainen's gone. And then not only that, too, but now you literally – they literally have no goaltenders. So, I mean, if you don't have anybody stopping the puck, maybe they go, you know, again now go out and, you know, overpay for, you know, goaltender, uh, you know, basically a backup goaltender to be their starter. Who knows? I mean, gosh, I don't know what they're going to do. They're going to have to trade somebody. And maybe they bring somebody back over and, you know, part of the Eichel package, they can, you know, yeah, swing a goaltender in there well, too. Or but, they just don't uh, have, they just don't need a goalie. They can guarantee they'll lose every game. They don't even have to have a goalie. Right. Six skaters all night. Uh, by the way, just, uh, just a little bit ago, uh, it's it, it around 3.30 p.m. today, which is uh, Wednesday, July 28th. Uh, apparently, Bob McKenzie says that uh, the essentially everything is very quiet on the Eichel front right now. Uh, the Buffalo Sabres, and I quote this, the Buffalo Sabres are just saying, or, oh, different teams might have interest, but right now the interest is, is on the back burner. The Sabres are saying that's just the reality of the market right now and everybody's going to sit tight. It's not an ideal situation for the Sabres and Eichel, but as of right now, it's really soft, really quiet. And that is Bob McKenzie. So, yeah, I mean, obviously there's not much going on right now, even though teams, apparently Minnesota's out. As of eight hours ago, Minnesota has said that they are no longer trying to acquire Jack Eichel. Yeah, Minnesota's out. Um, I think they just they'd have to give up too much than they would be feel comfortable with to bring him over. LA I know is out now that they brought in Philip Deneau, so I think they're out of the question. Um, you know, really the the big big name, the big ticket, right, would be a team like the New York Rangers, right? They would have to probably throw in Mika Zabinajad and get him to go over there or some other big piece. I don't know, maybe a Capo Caco. Um, you know, you, they could throw in a goaltender there. They've got, you know, Gorgiev, they could throw him in that package and Buffalo could get their goaltender there. But, um, I mean, really there's, boy, when you look at the free agent market, I think, you know, a lot of teams are going to get the players that they absolutely need, you know, to get signed, see where they're at cap wise, and then revisit this, I think in, you know, maybe a week or something, um, when things calm down a little bit, but, you know, as far as, you know, Buffalo's concerned, uh, I just I was just taking a peek um, at the free agent goaltending market, and I mean, really, the the biggest names out there right now. You you look at her, uh, you know, Henry Lundqvist, Devin Duvnik, and uh, Andres Nielsen. So or Andres Nielsen. So uh, maybe they sign one of those guys. Who knows? But uh, Buffalo, hopefully, they can find a way to move Eichel here soon because uh, it's it's killing me inside. <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll see. Other, I mean, some other big names that are just still sitting out there. I know that Zach Parise hasn't had the greatest of last couple of years, but he is still a free agent. Uh, David Krejci, Tuka Rask, as we talked about earlier. Brendan Saad, still uh, still hanging out there. And so is Derek Stepan. Uh, Travis Zajac, still out there. Thomas Tatar, who uh, who you know put up some decent numbers this year. 30 points in 50 games. Uh, Ryan Palmieri, he's he's still hanging out. So is Tyler Bozak. So there are some nice players that are still out there, at least in, from an offensive standpoint. Uh, you know, Eric Stahl, I know that he he 
you know, maybe is just a shell of himself, but somebody will probably bring him in for, for a second. If he doesn't retire, uh, it'll be interesting. I mean, there's still a lot left to go. So we'll, we'll see who, uh, who ends up sneaking in there. Sammy Votnin and also a, a UFA who would have thought that Sammy Votnin would constantly be a UFA like three years ago when it seemed like he was, <laughs> he was one of the, the most sought after potential free agents at the time. Uh, any last thoughts before we sign off, Justin? Uh, no, just uh, like I said, somebody please trade for Jack Eichel. All right, there it is. Jack Eichel, uh, if, if you know, Jack, if you want to tweet at us, let us know how you're doing. You know, we, we you know, we, we take it as a compliment. Uh, you can find <laughs> us on Twitter at OT Hockey Talk, and uh, we will continue bringing you all the uh, the free agent news as it comes and uh, now that we're in summertime I think it's time we bring back some top 10 so be out looking for those we'll talk to you guys soon